Hallelujah. I'll never outgrow that song, Brother Taylor. I'll never outgrow that song. Hallelujah. The graduation of a major Bible college, one of the professors that was getting ready to retire, he had the keynote message to those young ministers going out into ministry. And they were waiting with bated breath to hear the wisdom of someone that served God for over 50 years. Uh, been a theologian and a pastor and, uh, and done all that and stayed true to God. And he said, I have one thing to say to you. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Hallelujah. Well, Jesus loves you and me today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And he puts two ways before us and every opportunity that we have to choose. Uh, we need to make the choice to choose the right road. Hallelujah. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, we just love you and praise you. We honor you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many are glad you're here today? Well, I'm glad you're here too. And God is glad that you're here too. I'm going to just push the pause button. We can't get all this done in a single service. And so I'm just pushing the pause button on the subject of drawing nigh to the Most High. It's an appropriate message to people living in the end time. Because the end time would be marked with a great falling away. The Antichrist will not be revealed unless there come a great falling away first. The great falling away is not in that apex and pinnacle yet. It's not there yet. You might think it is. It's going to get worse as we move toward the tribulation. And the Bible said that it would, and I just commented, and I commented actually on the broadcast and the Bible study to, to Brother Douglas today, Doulos, that his comments about deception being the number one sign I think we have run with the earthquakes and the, and the wars and rumors because they're so obvious and so evident. And yet the premier and most prominent sign of the last days is deception. It's deception. In fact, with the earthquakes and the rumors of wars, Jesus said the end is not yet. It's not imminent. It's not right there at the door yet. But when you see other signs, they indicate the end is very near. And one of those is that day. Speaking of the day of the Lord, the tribulation period itself, it shall not come except there come a falling away first. Then... There's the chronological order. Then shall the Antichrist, that son of perdition, be revealed. He will come onto the world scene and it will begin the great tribulation. The falling away has to have a preamble, precursors. We are in those times. In the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasures 
more than the lovers of God. And that's why the church has to be focused in the entertainment business than seeking to see a true revival. My heart is broken when I hear brethren talking about, I I don't really, I'm talking about preacher brethren that are talking about, I I don't really do this anymore. I don't really, I I just kind of scale everything back. I just kind of tone it down. I'm, I'm not, in other words, revival seems to be something that doesn't still be, people have the vision for Brother Taylor. I can't give up on it. If I give up on it, then I will preach that little pablum message to you. There will be no challenge in it. There will be no change in you. Without a challenge in the message, there'll be no change in God's people. And with no change, then everything will remain the same. And we will continue in a spiritual status quo, which is far short of what should be and could be happening in this day that we are living. This is going up online. It's going to target somebody that God wants to make a choice to make a change so that he can use them and bless them to be a witness for him in this last closing days and hours of time. This is an important message. Drawing nigh to God is an important message for people in the beginning of the falling away. So if the falling away is beginning, and it's going to have its apex during the tribulation period called the great falling away and the great tribulation, then we know the day of the Lord is near. And if the day of the Lord is near, we know the coming of Christ is even closer. If the tribulation period is near, the coming of Christ is even closer. Amen. Because he said, I will not judge This is an unalterable standard of God set in the old covenant, carried forward to the new covenant because God hasn't changed and Jesus is the same. I will not judge the righteous with the wicked. And when they thought he was not giving the, the, the wicked the judgment they should get and, and, and not giving the righteous their due, he heard them speaking to one another in the Old Covenant about that. He heard what they were saying. And he said, listen, when I come, you, will, you, you won't understand it until I show up. This is, a, this is a world that I'm not governing yet because man is not submitted to me. But when I come... And take up my jewels. Amen. Those precious ones. Everybody say those precious ones. When I separate the righteous from the wicked, the wheat from the chaff, and when I come to get my church in the new covenant, then you will understand that the Lord doth make a difference between the righteous and the wicked. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. There's a day coming, church. When He's coming, and when He comes, I'm so glad to be part of of those people that He called precious to Him. Hallelujah, because I bowed to Him, accepted Him as my sovereign and my Savior. What is the critical message? What should we be doing? You know, in First and Second Peter, it talks about all that's coming in terms of the judgments to come, the, the heavens being on fire. And said, you know this is coming. You know this is coming. How should that affect the way you're living in light of that knowledge? 
What manner of men ought we to be? In all manner of, of righteousness and godliness, what kind of people? We shouldn't be a people living mediocre status quo Christian lives, but a people that are truly seeking God. Amen. Seeking to live under the shadow of his wing. That's so important. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, here's the choice again. How many times would I have taken you under my wing? As a mother hen does her chicks, but you wouldn't let me. I wanted to keep you. I wanted to provide. I wanted to protect you. I wanted to shield you. But you wouldn't let me. So much is at stake. You can't live in the outer perimeters of God's protection. You can't stay a milk-fed Christian. You've got to begin to come into the place that you can receive meat so you can discern. Because if you're not discerning, you will be deceived. We can't keep feeding Christians milk because they can't bear meat. We need to feed them milk so we can graduate them to the meat and keep the challenge that you're old enough to receive revelation by the Holy Spirit, not just a three-point message with a nice illustration with a big production screen. Amen? You will not stand. You will not survive the last days and the deception. If it were possible... It's going to get to the point, if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. Deception is the paramount message that marks the end times. It was always around in the first generation, and we see the writings warning of it. But as we get closer to the end, it would be more pronounced. Many, not an aberration, not a few here and there, but many false prophets shall go out into the earth. The Bible calls, even in church leadership, enemies of the cross. Listen to let's talk about Jesus. Take the time. Get involved in the Bible study. It's important. It's crucial. It's critical now that someone bring a message to alert God's people to be on guard. For the enemy is like a roaring lion looking whom he may devour. It's not just attacking you with a physical illness or a car crash or whatever, but it is the deception. It's the wiles of the devil that we are to take the full, only the full armor is enough to withstand the wiles. Say it with me, the wiles. Take you the whole armor of God that you might be able to endure, the, escape the wiles of the devil. Wiles means strategy of deceit. His strategy of deceit. His strategy of deceit. He's a liar. He's the father of it. Their truth is not in him. But the truth is supposed to be in us. In fact, the first and foremost foundational part of the armor is your loins girt about with truth. You don't get up and grab your sword initially. That's how you use the truth in battle. You don't get up and grab your shield initially. You get up and put on your belt that the shield and sword hinges on. Let your loins be girt about with what? With truth. Amen? 
Because the devil is the author of every lie beneath every deception. There's a lie embedded, even if it is, is coated with something that looks like it's the right thing. Many false prophets shall go out into the earth and deceive many. And deceive many. And dece- when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming? We've run with the message of the wars and rumors. We've run with the message that Jesus said, this is not signifying the end. It's not yet. And we've missed while running with the, those messages that are so spectacular. We've missed the subtlety and subversiveness of his inroads against the truth. There are people naming the name of Jesus that are not talking about the same Jesus that's in the Bible. There are entire religious movements right now that believe that he was not God incarnate. Well, every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh, that he was God incarnate, is antichrist. And it's amazing that they claim to be a Christian organization. They claim to be servants of God. And someone said, it's just a matter of semantics. No, it isn't. It's a matter of truth and error. If he's not God, he can't save you. If he's not God, he's not the Christ of the Scripture. Some believe that he was a man that evolved into a deity. And man can achieve that as they evolve spiritually. That's not the Christ of the Bible. He was born king. He didn't evolve into anything. Can you say man? (laughs) Hallelujah. He was born king of kings and lord of lords. He was God in the flesh. And he took on flesh. He was the word with God before before he came to this earth. From everlasting to everlasting. Before Moses was, Christ said, I am. I pre-existed Moses. I am. I am. Not I was. Not I will be. And when he used the term I am, it was in the same sense that when, when Moses uh, asked, Who shall I say sent me? To t- say, Let my people go to Pharaoh. Who shall I say sent me? God said, Tell him the I am am sent you when jesus used that term he spoke as who he truly was god incarnate the second person of the godhead not a a man that that god created god did not create him in fact the bible said everything that was made jesus made it and that's why in genesis it said let us create man in our image who is the us Christ, the second person of the Godhead, in conjunction with the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And it said while God was saying that, the Holy Spirit was brooding. (laughs) That word brooding is back to the mother hen analogy. It didn't start in the New Covenant. It started in Genesis. Brooding means that a hen has laid eggs and is sitting on those eggs wanting to bring life. Hallelujah. And bring to life. Praise God. God. And as soon as God said, let there be, amen, the Holy Spirit created what his words had spoken. 
powerful stuff. That's why the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's the same God-breathed Word today. And that's why it touches our spirit, not just our mind. If you go to be intellectually titillated, if you want to learn some things about uh, Bible history and archaeology, that's fine. That has a place, but it doesn't take the place of having your heart melted and getting a revelation from God by the anointing. God didn't just anoint me to preach. He anointed you to hear. Oh, you didn't hear me. I'm not just anointed to preach, but you're anointed to hear. He that hath an ear, the ability to hear the Holy Spirit, not just the preacher preaching, but the Holy Spirit speaking. He that hath an ear, that kind of spiritual ability. That's what Paul prayed for, that God would grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. If you hear the Holy Spirit speak to you today, it can, it can change everything in a moment, in a flash. Amen? And if you just hear me, and you expect certain things of me, and you expect me to be passionate and excited, and I am passionate and I am excited, but it's not my passion or my enthusiasm that's going to change anything. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. This is a time of drawing near. How excellent. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the sons of men. The sons of men come under are drawn to and seek and find the shadow of thy wings. Amen. They know he's loving. They know he's kind. They're not going to live in the outer perimeter. They're going to come close to him. They're drawn to him, not just driven to him. He'll take you any way he can get you. If it takes fear to drive you to him, he'll be glad to see you home. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. Prodigal son was driven home by the trouble that he got into away from home. But when he got home, God didn't care what brought him home. God was so glad to get him home. How many are glad for a God like that? <laughs> Hallelujah. How many are double glad because you might not have made it back if he wasn't that way? If you did get back, he might not have wanted you no more. He told ancient Israel, you come back and you return to me and I will return to you. He told his prophet of old to show his character of love when people truly repent. He said, I want you to marry a harlot. I want you to marry a harlot. And she, you're going to actually find that underneath that outer, outer shell of, of, of harlotry, there's a real woman there that you will come to know and love in spite of her harlotry. And she's going to go right back out after you've shown her love and appreciation and taken her in She's going to go right back out and do what she used to do. And men are going to use her and they're going to abuse her 
And your heart is going to be broken. But I want you to take her back in and love her. Why in the world? I see you sitting there saying, that's in your Bible. I'm sorry it's in the book. I did not write it. You need to look up at him that way. Don't look at me that way. Can you say, man, it's in your Bible. Did she deserve it? No. Why would God tell him to do that? Because he wanted through that to reveal his character and his nature. Don't ever get mad at God for being merciful to somebody you don't like. Don't ever get mad at God for loving somebody you don't love. Thank Him for that kind of mercy. That's why you're saved. Thank Him for that kind of love. That's why... Oh, wait a minute. I want to tell you something the Bible said again. He, you didn't choose Him. Initially, you did not choose Him. He said, you didn't choose me. If He didn't come and draw you, you couldn't have come to Him and you wouldn't have come to Him. You didn't choose me. I chose you. And you chose to respond to my mercy and grace that called you. That's why they that were with him in the book of Revelation were called, chosen, and faithful. They were faithful because they know I couldn't come if he didn't call me. And I couldn't have salvation if he hadn't chose me. And But he chose to draw me. He chose to woo me. He chose to draw me when I was rebellious, when I was proud, when I was arrogant, stubborn, hard-headed, and blaspheming. He chose me. Hallelujah. That's why we're chosen. And because we're chosen out of that kind of mercy and grace, we should be highly devoted to Him. Faithful. 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 Hallelujah. In the day of the falling away, the greatest thing that can happen, the greatest message, the paramount message should be in light of the soon coming of Jesus and the falling away that's begun, draw near to God. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the sons of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. My safety is under the shadow of his wings. My security is under the shadow of his wings. His watch care, his protection, his defense of me as my heavenly father. But did you know how, what you have to do? Jesus used that mother hen. We're back to the mother hen and now God chose that. He said, Jerusalem, how many times would I have taken you where? Under my wing. How, what do you have to do? You have to draw nigh to him. Can you say amen? Come on. The chicks, they knew. They knew. How many has ever raised chickens? You raised a few. My, my big Patricia, my, my great aunt, big Patricia's mama raised chickens. Gerald, I talked to Gerald Christmas Day. He called me Christmas Day. Amen. I was so glad to talk to Brother Gerald. I was, I was so glad to hear how God has restored him and how God is using him and how, how humble and committed to Christ he is. I mean, he almost bled to death. He had one of these big old, big old airplanes that you, that, you know, radio controlled, and he started it with his finger. He said, I did a stupid thing. I thought, wow. And it cut, cut into his wrist. That propeller, it's such, such a big engine. He said like a 24-inch, I don't know how big a wingspan. It was a huge thing. 
And when you started that engine, that blade, and said that blade was metal and razor sharp. And it cut his wrist, and they were way out somewhere and had to try to get him to a hospital, and he's bleeding through whatever they wrapped him up in. And, and he said, but God was merciful. We just got into the mercy of God, the grace of God, the restoring power of God, and discussing the word of God together on Christmas Day, and to see God bringing people back, calling them back to himself. People that had fallen away for a season, but are coming full circle and coming back. God said, I have a covenant with my people. I am married. They can break the marriage vow and I can't bless them until they come back. But I'm married to the backslider. Hey, Amen. You would think God would divorce them. He says, no, I haven't changed. They're the one that's changed. But if they come back, if they come back, I'll take them back. And I'll love them. And I'll bless them. That's Old Testament grace. And the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than that offering of Abel. And the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than that of bulls and goats. There's a greater opportunity. Oh, but there's also a greater responsibility. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation as this? Amen. We're way more accountable now for the mercy that's been shown through the shed blood of Jesus than even they were in the old covenant. Listen to me carefully. Oh, I don't have to worry about, I don't run from the cross. I run to it. I don't run from the Lord. I run to him. I'm drawing near to him more in this time. And I said it on our, our, our Bible study. It's not because I'm 72 and, and I don't have all that time. And I feel that the day is approaching when I would stand before him. Amen. Listen, I'm drawing closer to him because it's the last day. I'm drawing closer to him because there is a tide that is running away from him and a rip current in this culture and in this world to pull us. People caught in a rip current are in deep trouble. They may be excellent swimmers, but a rip current is one that's running parallel to the, to the beach and it, it can pull you out to sea. And you can, and if you swim against it initially, you're probably going to give out and drown. You've got to actually go parallel with it and keep slowly working your way. Well, there's a rip current in this world, and there's a rip current in the church of Jesus Christ today to compromise, uh, to have a watered-down version of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to make discipleship uh, not an issue. Self-denial has been traded for self-indulgent, and taking up your cross is now taking up your Mercedes to follow Jesus. Oh, who wouldn't follow him under those conditions? It requires no dedication. No devotion, no reciprocal love for his love wherewith he loved us. But to be a true disciple of Jesus in the last days, you've got to be devoted to him. You've got to love him back for loving you. Amen. And that's what brings that deep devotion to say, not my will, but thine be done. It's talking about not what my flesh wants, but what my spirit needs. Can you say, man? So preacher, don't give me what my flesh wants. Tell me what my spirit needs. Because the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. 
whatever you face that weakens you outwardly, that inward man, though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed every single day by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So let us draw near. Let us draw near. Psalm 73, once again, for lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. See, there's no protection outside the shadow of his wing. Thou hast destroyed all those that go a-whoring from thee. Spiritual adultery is talked about in the same terms in the book of James. You adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Don't you get that? Don't you understand that? Jesus taught the principle, you can't serve two masters. It's impossible. That means there's no middle ground. You can't straddle the fence. Enemies of the cross are trying to straddle the fence. God says, no, if you're not with me, you're against me. If you don't gather with me, you're scattering. I know exactly how that works. I've had people tell me time and time again about somebody they met in a bar that holds an office in a church. That's scattering. That's saying there's nothing to Christianity. There's no devotion. These people are just like us. Just like the rest of us. A lady wearing a miniskirt back during the days of the miniskirt teaching Sunday school. A man that I worked with, I was sharing and witnessing with, trying to get to go to church or come to church or above all come to Christ. I said, Do you, have you ever thought about getting up in time to go to church on Sunday? He said, I never miss a Sunday getting up early because there's a church across from my home. I live across the street from a church and I like to watch all of those ladies coming to church wearing the mini skirts getting out of the car. And I thought, you see, you're for him or you're against him. You gather with him or you scatter. There's no neutrality. You're a witness that works in this world to draw people to Christ, to bear witness to Christ, or you're a witness that there's nothing to it and it doesn't change your life and it's just a dead religious system filled with compromise. You can't live in those outer perimeters. You can. You can choose to do that. But he said, outside of my covering, the enemy, I don't have to personally do something. The enemy will take care of that. That's what he told Israel. I don't have to send fire on you like I did Sodom and Gomorrah. Your enemies that hate you are waiting for you to get out from under my covering. Out from under my covering, you don't have a covering. Without a covering, you are a little group of people and they will destroy you. If you don't love the Lord yet, at least fear the lion. Amen. Amen. If you need to get back with God, be stimulated by the lion. If you're out from under his covering and you don't feel love for him yet, begin to seek him anyway. Do your first work. Get back in the Bible so God can get his word back in you. 
Come back to the cross, kneel at the foot of it, fall in love with Jesus who hung there and bled for you, died for you. Come under the shadow of His wing so He can take care of you. The status quo is not doing well in Christianity. Many are being deceived. Many are living in compromise. All that are in that condition are out from under His covering. It's only the shadow of His wings that is protecting you and protecting me from the enemy. This call to come back to God. This call to repent to the church and to Christians is God's call. And we have a choice to make. And our choice is going to determine not just our destiny eternally. It's going to determine what happens here and now in this fallen world. You know what I preach and why I preach it. I preach it because I'm a pastor. God. It's going to hold me accountable for you. You that submit yourself to the authority of His Word. God is going to hold me accountable for you. I'm going to answer to Him. But if I tell you the truth and you don't allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and God to convict you, make the right choices, and you end up being destroyed by the enemy, Your blood will not be on my hands. When I stand before God, He won't hold me responsible for you. Brother Venable, they'll go to another church. They won't come to hear that. That's not my responsibility. Did you hear me? That is not my responsibility to compromise the Word, to get people to fill the pews, and, and, and do whatever else we plan to do. My responsibility is to speak the word accurately under God's anointing and God's direction. Something you can look up in your own Bible and highlight and mark if you choose to. Amen. Something you can avail yourself of if you choose to. The word of God is a lamp and a light. And in a sin darkened world, we dare not try to operate without the lamp And the light. And if you walk in the light, since his word is a lamp and a light, if you walk in obedience to God's word, can you say, man, as he is in the light, in that truth, the blood of Jesus has a continuous effect in your life. Hallelujah. Cleanses us from all iniquity. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we put on, therefore, the armor of light. Listen to what he said. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Do you see why? Thou hast destroyed all those that go a-whoring from thee. But it's good for me to draw near to God. It's good for me to draw near to God. Isaiah twenty nine thirteen. as we close this morning, as quick as we can. Wherefore the Lord said, The people draw near to me with their mouth, And with their lips do honor me, but have removed their hearts far from me. Jesus quotes this Old Testament passage in the New Testament in Matthew 15 and verse 8. Listen to it. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. 
And verse 9 says, they worship me in vain. They're in church. Their hands are raised. They're singing the right words. They teach us doctrine, the precepts of men. Right now, they're whole denominations with people in church singing the songs of Zion have decided to violate the very clear teachings of the Bible and to allow sin in the church that God said would bring judgment not only on the church but on the world. And they've had a holy conclave, they cause it, a meeting together where votes are made whether or not to abide by the Scripture and thank God for the few ministers that say it's good for me to draw nigh to God. They, they can drift away. My denomination can drift away. My brethren can drift away, but it's good for me to draw near. I'm not drifting with them. And one pastor said, I'm done. I'm done. If I, if I'm not in my pulpit anymore, Because of this stand for the truth of the Scripture, I can't go along with what my leadership... It's not because I'm a rebel and not submitted to my leadership. It's because my leadership is wrong. He said, I'd rather preach the truth under a tree to one person who will come to Jesus than to continue to pursue my career behind that pulpit and go along with the lie that will damn someone's soul. Thank God for that preacher. He must be God called. Hallelujah. Praise God because a God called preacher just won't go with the flow and will not compromise the truth. Amen. They're not interested in your money. They're interested in your soul. They want you sealed with the Holy Ghost unto the day of redemption. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Drawing nigh to the Most High. Amen. Hebrews 7.19 says we can do this. We should do this. 7.19 of Hebrews, For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by which we draw nigh to God. Hallelujah. We have access with confidence. The Scripture goes on to teach. And to have access to God and not draw nigh to God. After the price that was paid to give us access to God. We need to be a Christians who are saying, Lord, I want, to, I want to read my Bible. I want to talk to you when I rise up and when I sit down. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to sing the songs of Zion when I'm traveling in my car. Not just at church on Sunday or whenever. Amen. I just want to, I just want to know you better. I want to follow you more closely, Lord. Hallelujah. Because there, a way has been made. A way has been made. Hallelujah. i got to stop right Right here. Let's believe God. Let's trust the Lord. Amen. I'm going to challenge you this week to make some choices if you need to make choices. I make choices often, not just during some revival service when I'm challenged. Every single day I have an opportunity to go this way or that way. God's way or my way. The devil's way or Christ's way. And I have to choose every day. The Apostle Paul said, I sanctify myself one time back in that revival meeting 30 years ago. Oh, I sanctify myself daily. I do not fight 
as one that beateth the air. I'm not shadow boxing. I know where my real enemy is. See, if you defeat the flesh by taking authority over it, letting the will of your spirit supersede the will of your flesh, <laughs> that's how you crucify it. It don't get its way. Can you say, man, the things I would do, he said, I don't do anymore because Christ is strengthening me to follow him. Listen carefully. Amen. I, I do not fight as one that beateth the air, but I buffet my body and I bring it into subjection. Lest having priest to others. This is the danger zone. You can be a preacher with a vision, with a revelation, and miss it if you don't deal with your flesh. Amen. And if I don't deal with my flesh. I sanctify myself daily. In fact, it's, I say, this is just me. You don't have to pattern this. I'm not saying this is a scripture you should do. This is just how I operate. When I pray over my food, I pray different. When you're real hungry, you tend to put, edit everything. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I quit editing. I, I just quit editing. I, I, I kind of pray, you know, my wife, she's ready to eat. The dog, of course, he's starved to death. I may be hungry myself, but all things are be received, sanctified with the word and prayer. When does that occur? And so anyway, here's how I pray. I say, Lord, I want to sanctify this food with the word and prayer right now. As I sanctify my body unto you. Everybody say daily. daily. You see, you get to do this daily because you say, give us this day our daily bread. I really get up with that attitude in the morning. But come time to take a meal, I just pray that what's already said in my heart. I'm yours, Lord. I don't belong to myself. I'm bought with a price. Hallelujah. And I'm, I so appreciate the price that I devote myself to you. I give myself away every single day. Hallelujah. These seasons of revival when we, oh, 20 years ago I was in a meeting. I'm telling you, I get, no, no, no. I'm talking about yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Everybody say yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I say, Lord, I sanctify my body unto you, and I pray, therefore, that this food would be sanctified to my body. Sanctified man, sanctified food for the sanctified man. That it might become, I try to get the word in on it, praise God. That it might become health to my navel and marrow to my bone. For you are Jehovah Rapha. Thank you. I'm just telling you. This is not a church thing. This is not a Sunday thing. This is not when you're in a series of meetings where the Holy Ghost is moving. This is walking with God, talking with God, incorporating the Word of God into your life. Hallelujah. You are. I've been around hospitals and doctors enough to know how, how wonderfully they are gifted and how limited they are. Can you say amen? You didn't hear me. I said what they did to my wife is just to see it. We, we watched a video of it, and I thought, dear Lord, have mercy. 
Look what they did (laughs) to you. And thank God they have the expertise to do what they did. And people live through it (laughs) and and give a new lease on their life and time be given them materially and physically. But, oh, oh, without God, they are so limited. They are so limited. They are so limited. I was standing in line at the bank, and a lady started talking with me and said, I'm just back from California. Uh, my, my, uh, my brother just went through open-heart surgery. He came home. Everything went smooth. Everything went fine. And when he got home, he got an infection. And in three days, he was dead. And I said, thank you, Lord. You see, man can do so much, but they can't do what only God can do. Amen. Hallelujah. And thank God for what he does when we put our trust in him. How many know we're in the last day and the falling away has begun? You're convinced you can see that. And the false prophets are not coming. They're here. And deception is prevalent and pervasive until people are discussing now in Old line denominational structures that one time were true to the scripture that now are saying we will no longer follow the Bible. They're saying that was for that culture. This culture has changed. So let's reshape the word to fit the culture. Let's don't depend on the word to begin to change the culture or change the hearts of men and women. So we're a candidate for revival and we need desperately to get back in the Word, to get the Word back in us. We need our prayer life redeveloped and re-stimulated. We need the first love rekindled in our hearts toward God because it makes you want not just to be driven to Him by fear, but drawn to Him by love. So when the fearful things occur, we're already dwelling not just visiting. This is not like the Motel 6. God didn't leave the light on. Well, he left the light on. <laughs> Amen. But it's not like that. That's not where you stop to have a quick snap and then run right back out. This is where we live. Before Psalm 91 is Psalm 90. And it's very revealing. Because at that time they were right with God. And this is what they said. Thou, O Lord. Verse 1, has been our what? Dwelling place. So not where we visit or run to just out of fear, but this is, we live in this place, in you and with you. And then, of course, 91 tells you the benefit of God being your dwelling place. He that dwells, there it is, in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide where? Woo! Where? Where do, where do you have to be to be under the shadow? He said, I'll, I'll raise my wings to take you in, but you've got to run to me. You've got to draw near to me for me to cover you. But if you do, I'll cover you. Amen. And it's my, I saw this. I saw this before the rooster chased me. I'll tell you, roosters are seriously committed to drawing the blood on your legs. The old red, I know why they said we'll kill the old red rooster when she comes. He needed to be killed. Somebody need to kill that thing and eat him. Thunder clouds are gathering. There's a bunch of chicks running around out there carefree until it thunders. 
And when that thunder rolled, those chicks went running. And that mama hen raised her wings. And they ran up next to their mama. They went from the shadow to the shielding. Everybody say from the shadow to the shielding. They knew if I get close to mama, mama is going to shield me. In a forest fire that leveled a house that had chickens and a chicken coop. They were, they were going through the debris and there was a scorched mother hen. Wings outstretched, scorched, died, and they flipped her over. Guess what came out from under her? Six little chicks come running out. The fire and the heat scorched and killed her in the smoke, but nestled underneath her body was those little chicks. Amen. You talk about love. You talk about love. Jesus said, as profound as God is, as complex as He is, as, as distant as He seems, He will do for you what the mother hen does for her chicks. He loves you with that kind of self-sacrificing love. So don't run from Him. Run to Him. Draw nigh to God. And He will what? He will reciprocate. He will draw. How will you know? Because you'll feel and sense the shadow of His wings. And you'll walk in a world full of fearful things. But you will have peace in your heart. And confidence and consolation. Hallelujah. 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 Well, will you stand your feet today? Let's thank Him. For being that kind of God. Will you do that with me as we close this service? Let's thank him for being that kind of God. I apologize for being long-winded. It's a laughable reputation that I have. I'm trying to learn to not take so much of people's valuable time. I know we all have schedules. But if we become that routine, come in without a challenge, get in, get entertained, get it over with and get out, there will be no challenge. There will be no change. We might as well close these doors and lock them up because there are churches in town that will give you that one hour quick religious fix on Sunday morning. You will not be challenged. You will not be changed. But you will appease your conscience because I went to church. That's milk. That's pablum. These are the last days. And I'm going to tell you something. Milk-fed saints will not discern. They will be misled. They will be deceived. And if they don't be challenged to change and to grow somewhere, they will be destroyed. Because there's a way that seems right. And it may be filled with all kind of religious things. Some of you have friends that live in constant compromise. And guess what? Instead of you standing separate, you say, well, they're doing it. They're all doing it. No one is living a dedicated, devoted life. I can do that. You don't judge yourself by them. You always judge yourself by him. We should walk even as he walked.
Can you say amen? I'm challenged every time I get him in view. I know preachers that are compromised. I've seen it. I've seen deception on a level that it, it took me back. It shocked me. It rocked me to my core. But it did. It just made me want to dig deeper and make my personal commitment that much stronger. Can you say, man, it didn't make me want to go back or become like that. It made me want to dig in deeper because if they could be deceived... How can I stand? Because you have the spirit of truth. You have the spirit of truth. And he will guide you into all truth. Hallelujah. And you have the word of truth. The word of God himself. Hallelujah. So again, I work at this because I I see the anxiousness to go. And I know we have responsibilities. That's why I'm praying for hunger to deepen. Everyone's not hungry like me. And some people are looking for that quick, entertaining. You sit in the back row. You know you're not challenged. You know you're not changed. You come here. One lady told me, said, if I go to Brother Venables, I know I'll be convicted. They go to church, but not here. I know I'll be convicted. I said, thank God we have that reputation. Thank the good Lord that you can't sit in this church in sin and compromise and go out the door on that road to destruction with nothing to interrupt it. Thank God, if you do ever come, see, they know the difference. If you've ever been exposed to the Holy Ghost, you know there's a difference when the the game is just being played and the role is just being fulfilled. Oh, but when you get near God, amen, He loves you. He's going to tell you, come on, you can't live out there. You can't live like that. This is a dangerous way to live your life as a Christian in any day, especially in the last day. But I'm working at it. I pray that one day we will have people say, preacher, please don't change. Please bring me the Word of God. This is worth the time. This is worth the effort that I'm investing. Can you say man? Please, please bring me the truth. It's not everywhere. I don't get out, but I am told that it's just not everywhere anymore. Entertainment is there. The, the motions are going through, but the challenge to change. And without the change, then we become Drifters drifting away instead of seekers drawing near. Oh, as for me, he said, but as for me, there's many drifting. But as for me, Asaph says, but as for me, I will draw near to God. Can you say, man? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, then, then you'll be kept by God. Hallelujah. We're kept by the power of God until the day of redemption. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for this day. As we leave this place, Lord, I pray that we are challenged and that we'll accept the challenge to let you make changes in our life. If we change our mind, you will change our values. If we change our mind, you will change our values. But until we change our mind, you can't, because you won't violate our will, change anything. And the road we are on, whatever road we are on, blessing or cursing, life or death, peace, 
safety, or destruction. We will continue without a change. How many know without a change, you stay on the road you're on? But thank God, God allows for U-turns. Everybody say, God allows for U-turns. And, and it's not too late to turn around. And instead of drifting away, come running back. Hallelujah. Running to the mercy seat. Glory to God. Well, have you enjoyed this service at all? Did you get anything out of it? Hallelujah. God is good today. And His mercy endures forever and forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you stand to your feet? We're going to pray and we're going to, we're going to enjoy the rest of this Lord's Day. Amen. Thank you so much for, for giving. I pray everyone can be here next week. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Pray Monday. I'm going to look at a building that Brother Hobbs has found for us. Got three realtors, hadn't found us nothing, and Brother Hobbs has found us something. I'm going to hire Brother Hobbs full time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. He said, I, I, I got a feeling he's looking out for himself. He says, right down the street from me. I said, all right. Amen. He said, I want to be back. I miss every one of you. And soon as my health allows me, uh, I, I will be back. He said, I, I promise. And I said, oh, we'll be so happy to have you. Amen. God is so good to our brethren today. Heavenly Fathers, we leave this place. We're going away from here. We feel like the, the sign that I saw at one of the little airports near here. And it said, said, be very careful. You are now leaving the safety of air travel and getting into an automobile. Amen. Well, well, we're leaving the safety and security of this room where we're gathered in his name. But we're not leaving the safety and the security of his wings, his watch care, his love and his protection over our lives from the enemy. Not just from the destroying things outside, but the deception that's inside. Father, we thank you for victory over the devil and all of his minions and all of his works. In the name of Jesus, thank you that he's under your feet. And we are part of your body and your members in particular. So he's under our feet as well. And Father, we thank you for the victory we have, the promise and the hope we have in you. Let every one of us keep making the decisions to follow Jesus every single day. And everyone that will do that said, amen and amen. Shake hands with somebody. Go eat the fat and drink the sweet for the is your strength. Hallelujah.